What's going on, my people? How y'all doing out there? Man, happy Veterans Day to all of you guys out there that put your lives on the line to make sure that we're safe. If it wasn't for you, man, we wouldn't be able to do anything in this country of our own free will. So we appreciate you. We love you. We thank you so much. This is TJ with another episode of The Soapbox. And I'm telling you guys, man, it feels really good to be back with you this week. We about to kick off a new series. I'm really ready to rip into this thing so we can start to build and explore some new understandings, man. And look. Any of you guys that would love to chime in, come check out the Soapbox live and direct and actually get your voice on the mic, by all means, it's wide open for you. So come on and check us out. All right, enough of that. Let's jump into the episode. All right, so basically what we're doing now is we're kind of transitioning into a new series. Um, This week, along with the next four consecutive weeks, we're going to kind of stay on this subject matter and really build on it so that we can move into a better understanding of what this series actually touches on. So in life, we spend a lot of time focusing on addictive behaviors that people have. And we like to focus on stuff like people being addicted to drugs, gambling, porn, all types of things similar to those particular subjects. But what if I told you that the majority of us suffer from an addiction far worse than any of those particular elements? I know a lot of people that are addicted to money. I know a lot of people that are addicted to shining. I know a lot of people that are addicted to a lot of different things, but most of us suffer from an addiction that very few people even understand. What if I told you that that particular addiction was like the gateway drug to all other addictions? What if I told you that that particular addiction was actually the precursor to every single one of the addictions that I just named for you? That's right. There is an addiction far worse than drugs, far worse than gambling. And as a matter of fact, most of us are victims of this very addiction. It's called emotional addiction. See, emotional addiction is really the most dangerous addiction that you can have. And the truth of the matter is, is that it's so sad that so many people fall victim to it each and every day. To be quite honest with you, we're all emotionally addicted to a certain degree, but it's how you manage it that matters more than anything else. And the truth is, is most people fall victim to the negative spin that we get on these emotional addictions. You could have some very dangerous, nasty emotional addictions right now and wouldn't even know it. Because most times, these addictions cultivate with your character. They build with your personality as time goes by. And they become a natural part of who you are and how you function. As a matter of fact, they become so closely tied into who you are that you don't even notice that they're there. It doesn't even look strange to you that it's happening right before your eyes. I'm going to give you an example right now. But the truth of the matter is, is that we're going to dig into this really deep as we move on to the next few weeks. So this is just an example for the moment to kind of give you a simple understanding of what I mean by this being a part of your personality. So let's say throughout your life, you've had to deal with anger. Now, when I say deal with anger, what I mean is, is that all around you, you have anger being presented to you, anger to solve problems.
problems, anger at you for things that you do, anger at other individuals that are around you. This basic emotional reaction, this basic emotion, all of a sudden becomes a natural part of your life in the reality that you live each and every day. You allow it to become a part of you and you grow up with it. All of a sudden now, anger has become a natural response in your personality. And throughout your life, what has happened is, is that in certain scenarios, it has actually produced results. So now you're starting to feel like it's reinforcing the understanding that this type of action, this type of emotional response is supposed to be a part of you because it gets you things that you want. It is basically at this point that we have created a monster because that fireball personality is rolling through life using a hammer to solve every single problem problem that they face. And sometimes that is something that is not necessary. As a matter of fact, whenever they're put in situations where this type of aggression or anger isn't necessary, they don't even feel normal. It doesn't feel natural to them. Not to mention the fact that they get a high from actually utilizing this anger. So now their brain is getting a dopamine pump that is causing them to feel pleasure from being upset, from applying anger. So now when situations happen when there is no reason to be angry or aggressive, they're doing it anyway because they don't know how it feels not to have it there. They chase the high of being anger and aggressive in a situation and that becomes their personality. They have basically become emotionally addicted to the emotion of anger and that is where we have to address the subject matter at hand. To be quite honest with you, there's some people, and you probably know them right now, you can look at them and name them, that are actually suffering from these emotional addictions as we speak. You probably live around some. Some might be in your neighborhood. There could be some in your family, and I know without a shadow of a doubt that you easily can spot individuals that you work with that are suffering from these emotional addictions. But the truth of the matter is, we don't even have to continuously associate this addiction with what we would consider negative emotions. It's quite possible that positive emotions could be put right in place with this same scenario and still cause negative outcomes and detriment to the individual because they are addicted to the feeling. So throughout this series, we're going to take a deeper look at how we can control these emotional addictions, how we can really kind of look at the way that our lives are structured and where are the areas where we seem to be allowing these addictions to take more control. Now, I'm no scientist. I am no physicist. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I don't have any PhDs in the subject matter at hand, but I have done extensive study of it. And what I would suggest that you guys do is also do the same thing. One of the key aspects to becoming a better version of yourself is actually knowing yourself, understanding why you do the things you do and learning how to control your impulses, how to control what you think, how you feel. That is vitally important in being able to turn yourself into something new. So I encourage you guys, if you are listening to this, pick up a book about emotional addiction, pick up a book about 
about emotions. Pick up a book about your mind and understanding why you do the things you do. So in order for us to understand emotional addiction, we've really got to dig into something that most people don't touch on. See, we spend a lot of time focusing on our IQ, which basically measures our intelligence. But we very rarely spend time working on and focusing on our EQ, which is actually our emotional intelligence. Now, like I mentioned to you guys earlier, there are tons of books and literature, things that you can study on emotional intelligence. It is very important that you understand that because a lot of times people are going through so many different situations and so many internal battles because they really don't understand themselves. So I encourage you start studying something on emotional intelligence and start looking at yourself in a different light. Emotional intelligence is traditionally broke down into four different subsections. And each week, we're going to take a deeper dive into each one of those subsections and actually look at how it affects us in a whole and how not cultivating it will cause us to allow emotional addictions to ruin and run our lives. But just as a brief overview, I'm going to break down the four subsections right now. So the first subsection is self-awareness. And self-awareness is all about about your ability to understand what is going on with you. It is an honest assessment of who you are and what you are thinking, what you are feeling, what you are capable of, what you intend on doing, what you're willing to do. It is really a deeper understanding of who you are as a whole in the reality that you are living. The second subsection is called self-management. And self-management is all about the process of how you handle you, how you deal with your issues, how you express yourself to the world, how you actually exist. For instance, what happens when you get that fit of anger inside of you? What happens when you have that moment of sadness? What happens when life disappoints you? What happens when you find a bunch of money in your pocket that you didn't know was there? All of those different events and things and changes inside of you have to be managed. And it is important that you understand the way that you can manage yourself in the most constructive way possible. The third subsection is called social awareness. Now, social awareness is all about where you stand in the world how you deal with other people. It's largely related to the understanding of who you are, but also who others are. Who are the people around you? What is your environment like? What is going on in your workspace? What is going on in your home life? This is very vital that you take a realistic assessment of your social existence. And then finally, the fourth subsection is relationship management or social management. And it is the understanding of how you should deal with everything that's going on around you, how you manage your workspace and your place in it, how you manage how you deal with what goes on at your home or in your neighborhood. Those are very, very vital things. All right. 
For us to truly understand this emotional addiction situation, we've really got to take a deeper look at why people do the things that they do. Now, there may be some people that are out there right now, and they may be asking the question, well, how is me being addicted to smoking the same as me being addicted to negativity? Well, because your brain is at the center of both addictions. What you have going on all day, every day, even when you're asleep are what's called neurotransmitters. Now, I'm not trying to get extremely scientific or medical with you, but I do have to tell you that you have chemicals operating in your system, in your brain, every single day. When you sit down in the morning and you decide that you're going to look at the news, there is a chemical reaction in your brain that releases pleasure neurons that cause you to actually find enjoyment in what you're doing. But what you don't understand is that this actually happens throughout the day all the time. There are many things that go on throughout the day and your mind begins to reinforce with these chemicals the understanding that what you did was enjoyable. The problem with this is that you can actually train your brain to see negative situations like a positive. Your body becomes actually accustomed to that existence. I don't ever want you to be like this, but there are a lot of people that are. They flourish in negativity. They flourish in situations that cause them stress or cause them some type of hurt or pain because what has happened is they have trained their mind to actually respond as if that type of feeling is needed. Now, I am going to give you an example here of the roadmap to how this becomes a part of your psyche, how this becomes a part of who you are. So everything follows this exact same trend. First, there is an event. That event creates a mood. If that mood is carried for a long enough time, it becomes a tendency or a temperament. If that tendency or temperament continues and if it grows and festers, it becomes what's called a personality trait. It basically becomes a part of that individual's personality and it's what you are accustomed to seeing from them. If that personality trait is not addressed, it will become either one or two things. It will become a character attribute or it will become a character flaw. This is how the chain works. Now, I'm going to give you an example, but in this example, I'm actually going to give you a comparison of two people. And I'm going to explain to you what's happening with each person as we move through this situation. So we have person A and person B. The situation is, is that the individual that we're dealing with has lost their old job and now they have a new job. Of course, they've got to pay bills, but now their new job is requiring them to wake up extremely early in the morning and they're just not a morning person. That's not the type of life that they intended on living. But now this new circumstance has them feeling very odd. So person A wakes up every morning and they're irritated. They're disgruntled. They don't want to do it. They talk about it as they wake up. They talk about it as they go to work. When they get to work, they talk about it. They are just extremely unhappy with the fact that 
that they have to get up that early in the morning for this job, but they have to do it because they have to pay their bills. So until they find another job or until this job changes for whatever reason, they have to continue. So now they gain what we call a irritated mood, irritated every time you talk to them about this particular job. Person B wakes up and they understand and accept the fact that this is what they have to do for the time being. So their mood is not irritated. It's actually more satisfied. They're more calm. They're more collected. They're not complaining about the job on a regular basis or the fact that they have to get up that early. That's just not their thing. So now we have two separate moods as we move into the next phase. So our irritated person continues to complain over and over and over again. But you guys know as well as I do that once you begin to get irritated with one thing, it always leads to other things. So now this individual isn't just irritated with the fact that they have to get up early to come to work. Now they're irritated with things that happen at work. Now they're irritated with people that are at the job. And all of a sudden, it just seems like everything irritates them. Stuff that doesn't even have to deal with the job whatsoever is just continuing to irritate this individual. So now they have created a temperament. And they have moved from just a simple mood of being irritated to now they actually have a temperament of irritation. While person B continues to understand that this is the job. There are going to be things that go bad. People are going to piss you off. There are going to be things that are going to happen that you have no control over. So their temperament is not irritated at all. They may get a little upset here or there, but ultimately their temperament is very cooperative. It's not one that's going to be in opposition of most of what's going on. So now we've moved from a mood of irritation to a temperament of irritated and a mood of satisfaction to a mood of cooperation. So now when we bounce back to person A, not only are they irritated at work, but now they're taking their irritation home. Because if you spend all day irritated, it's very hard to turn it off when you get home. So now as you leave work, you're irritated and you're complaining and you're finding more things to complain about as you get home. You're not finding a moment's peace. So now you have developed a personality trait of being irritated. People are identifying you as a ill individual, someone who is always irritated. So now you have cultivated a personality of irritation. While person B, on the other hand, has decided to not allow the situation at the job to affect their life. No matter what goes on throughout the day, they're not going to allow it to come home with them and they're not going to take home to work. So now this individual has started to move forward. They've gotten past the irritation of having to deal with the nuances of this new job. And now they've actually moved to a situation where they're starting to look forward. So they've created a personality trait of progression that is going to work in their favor as they move forward. So this brings us to the end of the cycle because now person A has cultivated a character flaw. They are seeing 
the world through irritated eyes. All because there was a situation that was created where they had to change jobs. This also reflects onto everything that they do moving forward. However, person B has created a character attribute. They've created something that they can catapult from because now that they've dealt with this situation, they've cultivated themselves so that they can move forward. Now they're able to really see things that person A could never see because now they can actually reach out and be positive about the movements that they make. Are both people going to deal with problems? Yes. Are both people going to deal with issues? Yes. Will both people see disappointments? Absolutely. But the difference is, is that person A is literally soaking in the idea of being irritated with everything that they're dealing with. And person B is pretty much trying to find their way through the weeds. It makes a difference when your personality is one of a positive nature that's trying to find solutions as opposed to always identifying the negative always identifying what's wrong. You don't have to be that type of individual, but if you have cultivated your personality to follow that trait, then that is what it will do. That's why I try to encourage people to not speak negatively all the time, not speak about situations in a negative connotation. Try to always look around and see what you can find that is going to work in a positive win for everybody. Because anything other than that, and you open the door for the possibility of cultivating a mindset of negativity. And whether you know it or not, it can bleed over to things that have nothing to do with that at all. How many times have you heard stories about people who have horrible home lives simply because work has destroyed their mind? They bring home all the anger and frustration that they've had on the job. How many times have you heard of people getting to work and they can't focus because they're still thinking about situations that happened at home that they brought with them? Ladies and gentlemen, whether you want to accept it or not, your life is connected and it is interchangeable. What you do in one area does affect what you do in others. So it is important that you actually try your best to cultivate a mindset that is willing to weed through the issues and not focus so much on what is wrong all the time. Here's where you get the addiction because person A has basically made being irritated a norm. It is a part of them. So when they're not feeling irritated, they don't feel right. Something inside of them feels like something's missing or something needs to be there. So they start seeking it. They go out and they create irritation. They make situations where they have to be irritated or even situations where no one would be, they find a reason to be. While person B, on the other hand, may or may not be addicted to the progressive nature that they have created. But nevertheless, what they're not doing is creating situations that are going to work against them. All the time, they're trying their best to find wins. And ladies and gentlemen, I would much rather be addicted to a progressive mindset than I would an irritated one. So what are we saying? Emotional addiction is a powerful, powerful, 
powerful thing. And we're going to dig into it for the next couple weeks and really, really, really look at how people create these addictions. What is our emotional intelligence and how is it working for us or against us? We're going to really, really look at what it takes to take who you are right now and move in a different direction. I promise you guys, when I first stumbled on the understanding of EQ, I was not aware of who I was or where I was at the time. Once I started really looking into it and studying and really digging into who I was and who I needed to be and how I needed to grow, it was life changing. It was a major, major step forward in me being able to, in me being able to alter who I really truly was and who I really truly wanted to be. It is not a horrible thing to do true self-assessment. If you really want to be the best that you can be, if you really want to be the best asset for the people around you, for your family, for your friends, for your co-workers, for your constituency, for whatever it may be, if you really, really want to elevate yourself, I encourage you, take this journey with us. Step out on your own, find some other literature to study and read, and really start to look at who you are emotionally. We cannot afford to allow our emotions to run our lives, because if we allow our emotions to run our lives, then they will ruin our lives. All right, guys, well, that's all I got for you this week. I really appreciate you. Make sure that you guys tune in next week. We're going to start this train rolling with our first, first subsection of self-awareness and understanding who we are and where we are in this process thank you so much i love you guys take care peace